Welcome everybody. Today on Making Sense of the Madness, we are going to be watching the newest in the Devolved series, Devolved 5 Revelations, created by myself, Patel Patriot, and Adam Riva from Dauntless Dialogue. Hey everybody, welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I am Patel Patriot. I am filling in for Sean Morgan today. And we got a pretty special episode of Making Sense of the Madness today. We're going to be watching Devolved 5. And this is the latest in the Devolved series, the, the series created, or I guess written by me. Um, I do the scripts, but most of the creative work is done by Adam Riva from Dauntless Dialogue. And it's been a pretty interesting uh, and exciting thing, uh, project to, to watch unfold because when this first started, uh, you know, he was already halfway through, probably even three-fourths of the way through creating the first one, and he released this trailer. And I had no idea he was doing it. He was just doing it based on my first article. And so uh, I ended up getting in touch with them, and you know, we spoke at length. And uh, the, the first one was entirely him based on my first article. But after that, we, we started actually working together. Uh, um, I ended up kind of hiring the guy, and and we've been working together to put out this series. And, and it's, it's only gotten better with, with each episode. And this latest one is is definitely it's his his best work. It's 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 brilliantly done, and and the way he uses the video clips to tell a story and mixes it in with the script, it's just it's it's incredible the the work that he does. But this one is is mostly based on my article part twenty two, the one on irregular warfare, and he really does a, a great job telling the the story of how the narrative is used by the mainstream media uh, to, to really you know implement their, their their political agenda you know they, they they use the mainstream media big tech social media all these different entities and they have control over these and the political establishment uses them um and and that's what they've done against trump they, they've used the narrative it's 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 a regular warfare in the truest sense because it's 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 a narrative warfare it's a battle for the information and how trump has countered that and and how things have unfolded throughout his presidency and then through ever since trump has left office it's been really, uh, it's it's been incredible to see, and it, it, th this episode, uh, like I said, it's it's my favorite so far, and we've already started working on the next one, so I'm excited for that one too. But I think you guys will really enjoy this one. So, uh, yeah, let, let's let's get to it. Senator Biden, it's nice to have you here as the youngest member of the Senate. The one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there. I wonder if you'd say to us, since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt. The youngest new face in the U.S. Senate next year will be that of Democrat Joseph Biden of Delaware. The Biden family fortunes track alongside his political career. When Joe Biden was put in charge of Iraq under Obama, all of a sudden his brother's getting these lucrative contracts for construction in the country. Now you have Hunter Biden working at a company in which everyone knows he has no business working at, no expertise, doesn't speak the language, sharing bank accounts. Joe Biden comes in, gets the prosecutor who's investigating the founder, gets him fired, threatening to withhold funds from the U.S. government he has no right to do. Beyond abuse of power. And then what do they do? The media comes out and lies. They get Trump impeached for it. Article 1 is adopted. 
And now here we are with many people in this country still believing Trump was the one who was wrong for trying to get rid of that corruption. These people are deeply, deeply evil. This lawless partisan impeachment is a political suicide march for the Democrat Party. Have you seen my polls in the last four weeks? I can't help but sense that the administration has developed a China syndrome. This guy is beholden to China in a way that Donald Trump wasn't. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. Joe Biden and the Biden family are compromised. And uh, I just don't see, given the history here and the facts, how Joe can't be um, uh, influenced in, in some manner. I expect these fellows are going to uh, uh, eventually uh, judge me on my merit, not on my age. And uh, I have to establish that merit, assuming there is any there. What they did to this country is one of the biggest acts of treason in our nation's history. More and more of us, search and social media platforms aren't just our window into the internet. They serve as our primary source of news and information. The Disinformation Governance Board, you unveiled that uh, this week. Republicans are calling it Orwellian and comparing it to the Ministry of Truth in the novel 1984. No one tells us that the window is blurred. Did you leave a, a laptop with a repairman Not in Wilmington? Not, Not that you remember. remember. No. Subject to unseen distortions. Disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein has taken his own life in subtle manipulations. You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. Disinformation that creates a threat to the security of the homeland is our responsibility to address. The Pentagon is now trying a new effort to address extremism in its ranks. Conspiracy theories, junk science, quackery. We're now hearing from Attorney General Merrick Garland on one of the Biden administration's top security priorities, combating domestic terrorism. And over time, we lose our capacity to distinguish between fact, opinion, and wholesale fiction. Every four years, we gather on these steps to carry out the orderly and peaceful transfer of power. Today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. Well, gosh, you know, if Hillary Clinton and her campaign chairman are doing something like that, they should go to jail. I can't vote for that. Information that is not just controversial, protected by the First Amendment, but aimed at spreading lies to the extent that they can cause behavior like we saw in this terrible instance, it will not stop. 
There are intense efforts underway tonight here in Washington to stop what some fear is the beginning of the end of a free and open Internet. On October 1st, under a plan in place for two decades, the Commerce Department will cease to exercise contractual control over a Los Angeles-based nonprofit called the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, or ICANN, the entity that approves the .coms, .govs, and other Internet domain names. Instead, ICANN will be governed by a group of so-called global stakeholders. Republicans claim authoritarian regimes will be able to censor the Internet. People that weren't sure, because I wasn't a politician, so I wasn't really out there, but people when I first came in that weren't sure at all are now my biggest fans, evangelicals and others, especially since everything I said was right. By the way, and I'm not just talking about energy and the border, and the, I'm talking about, about religion. I said these people are against evangelicals. I said they're against Israel. I said they're against organized religion. Churches in New York's coronavirus cluster zones will remain closed this weekend by court order. Last night, a federal judge ruled against the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn, siding with a state order limiting the number of people who can gather inside houses of worship in areas where COVID is surging. The CDC declaring racism a public health threat. Democrats think protesting is a lot more important than going to church. We got a story from Governor Northam. 16 people go to a sanctuary that holds 225 people. They get cited. Nothing happens to thousands and thousands of people who protest not maintaining social distances, not wearing a mask. You know the old expression about snitches? Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. We want to thank you for turning folks in and making sure we are all safe. He's tried to uh, hijack uh, Christianity and the Bible in ways that are, you know, deeply hypocritical. If you go with what Hillary is saying in the ninth month, you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb of the mother just prior to the birth of the baby. She has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion? My bill would allow that, yes. The infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. I, I just, I see a lot of what's going on here is, I'm just sorry, I'm a man of faith. I was raised in the church. This stuff is satanic. That, that's what's at the foundation of a lot of this stuff. This country is going to hell, just so you understand. This country is going to hell. It's, it's in direct objection to God. This is the legacy of Hillary Clinton. Death, destruction, terrorism, and weakness. On May 2nd, 2022, the fourth PSYOP group released a video called Ghosts in the Machine. The fourth PSYOP group falls under the 1st Special Forces Command Airborne. They are headquartered at Fort Bragg. According to their website, the fourth PSYOP group are, quote, masters of influence, the core of information warfare. In this video, they show what appears to be a ghost air freshener. 
This was actually a patch used by the 23rd Headquarters Special Troops, otherwise known as the Ghost Army, who implemented one of the most successful PSYOPs in history. Leading up to the Normandy invasion on June 6, 1944, this 1110-man Special Forces unit deceived the Nazis using inflatable tanks, wooden aircraft, fake radio transmissions, and other psychological operations. This deception ultimately helped Allied forces win World War II. The inclusion of the Ghost Army's patch in this video is not an accident. This video contains many references to historical examples of what is called irregular warfare, and many subtle clues about who America's adversaries are. A PSYOP group like this can only be successful in the shadows. Their own website says that PSYOP is a difficult branch to research, and that is by design, as secrecy is key to their mission success. All evidence seems to indicate that Trump's devolution team is taunting America's enemies. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit kirkelliotphd.com. Why would the 4th PSYOP group need or want a recruitment video? Unless that isn't what this is at all. The video begins with a quote by Sun Tzu, author of The Art of War. Quote, If your opponent is of choleric temper, seek to irritate him. Pretend to be weak, that he may grow arrogant. The release of this video from the 4th PSYOP group indicates that not only are we in the midst of an irregular warfare campaign, but that we are nearing the end of it. This kind of material would likely not be released unless the war's outcome was both certain and imminent. There is another very important phase of warfare. It has as its target, not the body, but the mind of the enemy. The target of psychological warfare is against the enemy's mind. It is words and ideas. Ammunition used by cyborg. On November 18, 2020, Ezra Cohen Watnick and Chris Miller gave a speech at Fort Bragg, home of the 4th PSYOP Group, discussing the elevation of special operations to a level on par with other military branches. The location of this speech was no accident. First, they chose to do this ceremony at Fort Bragg, home of the 1st Special Forces Command. The statue they set up next to was no accident either. The statue is called Bronze Bruce. 
According to the United States Army Special Operations Command website, quote, His stance upon a rocky ledge with one foot crushing the snake is symbolic of tyranny in the world and the threats and dangers that will instantly bring him to action. He is the perfect warrior from the past, a healer, a teacher, and an opponent of evil. He is the standard to which all Army Special Operations soldiers aspire. As we enact these reforms, we follow the vision of President John F. Kennedy, who predicted the rise of special operations nearly 60 years ago. He foresaw, quote, another, another type, type of, of war. New in its intensity, ancient in its origin, war by guerrillas, subversives, insurgents, assassins, war by ambush instead of by combat, by infiltration instead of aggression, seeking victory by eroding and exhausting the enemy instead of engaging him. It is a form of warfare uniquely adapted to what has been strangely called wars of liberation, to undermine the efforts of new and poor countries to maintain the freedom that they have finally achieved. It preys on economic unrest and ethnic conflicts. If freedom is to be saved, a whole new kind of strategy, a wholly different kind of force, and therefore a new and wholly different kind of military training. Forces which are too unconventional to be called conventional. Forces which are growing in number and important and significant. President Kennedy gave these remarks at the opening of the nuclear age, when the Pentagon was primarily organized to plan and direct large conventional operations against superpowers not special operations short of overt declared conflict. The global demand for special operations forces then and now has confirmed President Kennedy's foresight. And now under the leadership of President Trump, we are fully real realizing President Kennedy's prescient view of special operations forces. The devolution team was drawing attention to the special operations groups at Fort Bragg and they were also sending a bold message by choosing this statue. They have been subtly informing us that special operations are going to be crucial in what's to come. The only people they weren't telling was the incoming Biden administration. Right now, we just aren't getting all the information that we need for the ongoing, outgoing, and from the outgoing administration in key national security areas. It's nothing short, in my view, of irresponsibility. Is the State Department currently preparing to engage with the Biden transition team? And if not, at what point does a delay hamper a smooth transition or pose a risk to national security? There will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. Trump moved heaven and earth to bring in for the last few weeks here, right, these guys at their senior level Pentagon desks commenting angrily on YouTube videos about hydroxychloroquine, braiding their beard hair and organizing like fire breathing open carry protests against the Illuminati, right? I mean, this is what they're doing at the Pentagon. On October 2nd, 2020, nearly one month before the November 3rd presidential election, an annex was added to Donald Trump's national defense strategy specifically for irregular warfare, and the Department of Defense released a declassified summary. From the annex, we learn that our military defines irregular warfare as a struggle among state and non-state actors for legitimacy 
and influence over the relevant populations. Irregular warfare falls under the umbrella of our Special Operations Forces. A July 14, 2021 article co-authored by Doug Livermore and so-called former Acting Secretary of Defense Christopher Miller tells us who published the Irregular Warfare Annex. The annex was released by the Office of the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low-Intensity Conflict. At the time this annex was released, the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low-Intensity Conflict was Ezra Cohen-Watnick. Furthermore, this annex spells out that irregular warfare falls under the scope of special operations. The annex discusses our military and their shift to implementing irregular warfare in order to, quote, defend our sovereignty. The annex asserts the need for us to use irregular warfare proactively. It tells us that our competitors have, quote, operationalized clandestine criminal activity and predatory economic behavior. And then new to us that we began this summer was we uh, stood up an information warfare center that's right here at, uh, at Fort Bragg with the purpose of having trans-regional uh, influence activities against our uh, adversaries. Two days after Joe Biden was announced the winner of the presidential election, Donald Trump appointed Christopher C. Miller to the position of Acting Secretary of Defense to lead the Department of Defense after the stolen election. Comparing Miller's bio to the Irregular Warfare Annex reveals that he was the perfect man for the job. The Annex describes specific missions of unconventional warfare, such as foreign internal defense, counterterrorism, and military information support operations which are all specialties that are found word-for-word word in Miller's resume. Miller was the exact person you would want at the top of the pyramid if you were entering into a period of irregular warfare. Both the Annex and Miller's bio refer to Military Information Support Operations, or MISO. Under the Obama administration, the fourth PSYOP group's name was changed to Military Information Support Operations before being switched back in 2017. This annex is clearly explaining that the 4th PSYOP Group, or MISO, is playing a major role in irregular warfare. This is just the tip of the iceberg of circumstantial evidence we have pointing to Trump preparing the battlefield for a period of irregular warfare. Remember, the goal of irregular warfare is to influence populations and affect legitimacy, which is precisely what our enemies did during Donald Trump's presidency. Knowing that our adversaries were perpetrating an irregular warfare campaign, the U.S. military set out to respond and announced that they were shifting their focus to properly fight in the arena of irregular warfare. For those who control the levers of power in Washington, and for the global special interest, our campaign represents a true existential threat. The Clinton machine is at the center of this power structure. Our great civilization, here in America and across the civilized world, has come upon a moment of reckoning. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. The Second Amendment, like all other rights, is not absolute. This is a struggle for the survival of our nation, believe me. And this will be our last chance 
to save it. Their financial resources are virtually unlimited. Their political resources are unlimited. Their media resources are unmatched. And most importantly, the depths of their immorality is absolutely unlimited. Political, economic, social, and ecological dimensions of every issue today are intertwined. But let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. The United States Senate has been my life, and that is not hyperbole, it literally has been my life. Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Joseph Biden admitted today that he committed plagiarism when he was in law school. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. The great communicator, strike that. The great imitator. It looks a little bit like plagiarism, which is something Joe Biden knows a little bit about. Biden's critics say he sells himself as a man whose words and visions can inspire a new generation in politics. But if the thoughts, phrases, and visions really belong to others, it's a form of false advertising. He plagiarized from me, but he can never pull it off. He likes plagiarizing. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. As you point out, what's behind the words? What's there? And a lot of people, the rap on Biden has always been, is it's just a surface. I should have said, to paraphrase Neil Kinnock, the only time I didn't in all the times I've ever used it. Most people didn't know who he was, you know, Joe Biden Biden, and now they're going to say, oh yeah, he's the guy who plagiarized. Clips are devastating. He looks like a Joe Biden wind-up doll with somebody else's words coming out. If they're going to do things that are stupid as well as immoral, then they're probably too dumb to have the job of president. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob? It's a terminal condition. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate-free, and they can provide income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate-lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. These revelations about irregular warfare invite us to view things differently, such as the following speech made by Christopher Miller on December 18, 2020. 
during the first anniversary of Space Force. For the record, he had only been acting Secretary of Defense for one month and nine days when he gave these remarks. Mr. Vice President, I'm going off script again, I know, but uh, I just want to personally thank you. Uh, we've been through some stuff. We've gone through uh, some, some of the most complex military operations this country's ever conducted, and your steady hand and your leadership during those was uh, a great source of strength for me. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your character. Thank you for your selfless service. Thank you for commitment. Thank you for being a mentor to me, Mr. Vice President. And with that, the floor is yours, sir. More evidence of a military focus on special operations is found in the 2021 National Defense Authorization Act. According to an article on armytimes.com, quote, the authority is used to support foreign forces, groups or individuals helping U.S. commandos who are engaged in approved irregular warfare operations, according to legislation and policy memos. The 1202 authority is meant to counter adversarial countries in the gray zone, a realm of military competition that falls below the threshold of traditional armed conflict and includes developments like island building in the South China Sea and the use of proxy forces in eastern Ukraine. During a congressional hearing in February 2019, Owen West, the former Assistant Defense Secretary for Special Operations and Low-Intensity Conflict, said that the 1202 Authority was purpose-built for the shift to great power competition. Further evidence showing the battlefield was being prepped for irregular and information warfare came from the 2020 National Defense Authorization Act. According to an article from Lawfare Blog entitled Covert Military Information Operations and the New NDAA, the law of the gray zone evolves. Quote, In recent years, Congress has been building a domestic legal framework for gray zone competition, that is, the spectrum of unfriendly actions that states may undertake against one another, surreptitiously, that are below the threshold of actual hostilities, yet more serious and disruptive than the ordinary jostling of international affairs for military operations conducted in the cyber domain. But the gray zone challenges that define our times, of course, are not limited to cyber operations as such. Section 1631B expressly affirms that the Defense Department can conduct military operations in the information environment, including clandestine operations, for certain purposes. The military's role comes into play in three scenarios. First, defense of the United States. Second, defense of allies. Third, defense of the interests of the United States. Essentially, the 2020 NDAA gave wide-ranging authorities to the military to conduct clandestine information operations known as irregular warfare, much like the National Security Presidential Memorandum 13 did for Cybercom. If I could just add one thing, um, some of you asked me before the hearing uh, this weekend, I made some comments on a podcast. We do indeed have a matter brewing that is 10 times bigger than mules. Um, it'll be about six weeks before we can clear our way through it, but I assure you it is the most explosive issue that you've ever come in contact with related to elections in the United States. So let's recap our timeline. The 2020 NDAA, published in December of 2019, gave wide-ranging authorities to the military to conduct clandestine information operations. 
The National Defense Authorization Act is the most significant investment in our military and our warfighters in modern history, and I am very proud to be a big, big part of it. On October 2nd, 2020, the Irregular Warfare Annex was added to the National Security Strategy, and it came from the Office of the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low-Intensity Conflict, run by Ezra Cohen-Watnick. That's kind of our direction. Our thought process is getting into more so how do we do information warfare? Um, and that's really about bringing all of these other information-related capabilities together. So you're thinking about cyber and space and uh, military deception and operational security and, and actually bringing it together like a task force here. On November 3rd, 2020, the presidential election took place and was obviously rife with fraud. In conclusion, because of these and other efforts, on November 12th, 2020, government and industry representatives from the election security community issued a joint statement reflecting a consensus perspective that the 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history. On November 7th, 2020, Joe Biden is declared the winner of the presidential election. I believe in the possibilities of this country. On November 9th, 2020, Christopher Miller, an irregular warfare guru is named the acting secretary of defense. Really what the president is saying with this tweet firing Esper is that this is not going to be a quiet transition that you've seen when past presidents, they're in this lame duck period and someone else is replacing them. It can often be a pretty sleepy period. Donald Trump, it clearly is not going to be Brianna. On November 18th, 2020, Ezra Cohen-Watnick and Chris Miller gave remarks at Fort Bragg during the ceremony which put Special Operations Command on par with military services for the first time. It is fitting that we are again entering an era of great power competition as we gather to infer, affirm the importance of special, the Special Operations community. On December 18th, 2020, Chris Miller makes intriguing remarks at the first anniversary of Space Force, saying, quote, We've gone through... Uh, some, some of the most complex military operations this country's ever conducted. The 2021 NDAA included a 50% budget increase for 1202 authority, referring to irregular warfare. Our adversaries are willing and continue uh, to compete in this space uh, by sowing misinformation and disinformation, uh, by actually attacking and throwing out false narratives. And finally, Trump's Department of Defense transition team refused to provide information about current operations, specifically in the special operations realm, to the Biden administration. Since President Trump appears unwilling to concede uh, right now, so much of what's supposed to be happening isn't. Uh, for one, President-elect Biden is not getting intelligence briefings that incoming presidents normally receive. What was the purpose of all of this? if not to prepare for the implementation of some form of irregular warfare. The idea of the United States of America is becoming somewhat implausible and unfeasible, and perhaps that's stitched into the history of your country, built upon a pre-existing nation, founded under slavery, and divided by a war very early in your history. Perhaps it's just not possible. Perhaps the concept of one vast, ultra-powerful, 300 million person nation cannot be sustained. As we prepare to welcome a new chairman, we must first pay tribute to one of America's most admired and beloved military leaders, outgoing chairman, Joseph Dunford. In 2014, Joe became Commandant of the Marine Corps, and the next year he was named Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff 
And in that role, Joe published the first joint military net assessment in 20 years. We have a lot of the ideas that we've brought forward and, you know, we've spent $2.5 trillion since I'm president. $2.5 trillion. When I took over, we were a very depleted military and today we're at a level that we have never even come close to. Joe solidified America's competitive advantage through global integration of the joint force. He also provided critical leadership during the complete rebuilding of our military. And he helped me in another way, something that probably only Joe and Ellen really know. Because in 2015, I sat with Joe at a dinner. And believe it or not, I was getting a big award from the Marines. And Joe was presenting the awards, and I had no even thought of running for president. But he made the great presentation that night, and I got to talk to him because I sat with him and Ellen and his son, Patrick. And I was asking Joe lots of questions about the military. He said, you really enjoy this, don't you? I said, well, I just love our country. It's very important to me. I love our country. I said, I don't know. What do you think? Should I give it a shot? This was before it was public. He was one of the first people I asked. I said, what do you think? You think I'd have a shot? If I get it, we're going to rebuild that military. It's going to be stronger than ever before. And he helped me form an opinion. He gave me a lot of information. And he has ever since. Trump and his cabinet knew all along that the crimes of the political establishment were going to culminate with the theft of the 2020 presidential election. So somebody, excuse me, somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. Trump repeatedly told us that the election would be stolen. The white hats in our government also knew that he would have no choice but to walk away. It was his only option to avoid civil war. The return of Donald Trump to the White House could spell the end of democracy in America. If the Democrats fail, it might be the end of American democracy. Hillary Clinton said a couple of weeks ago that if he runs and wins, that could be the end of our democracy. Do you share that fear? I do. I think we're one election away from the end of American democracy. They take over in 2022. That is the end of democracy, and we're going to have authoritarianism. Kind of the end of democracy. At least the end of our democracy. That is a recipe for the end of democracy. It's the end of democracy. We could have a Trump presidency, and that would, in my opinion, be the end of democracy in this country. The end of democracy in the United States of America, and that is not hyperbole. If he had won, it would, we would have been, it would have been the end of this country. It would have been the end of democracy, and I am not exaggerating. That would be the end of democracy as we know it. It's the end of uh, democracy as we know it. The death of democracy as we know it. The potential death of democracy. The death of democracy. The death of democracy. The death of democracy. It's about the death of American democracy, decency, and humanity. Uh, the diminishment of democracy, if not its death. I hope that we can flip this and save democracy if we can't. I gotta, you know, I gotta believe that fascism will take over in America and that will be the death of democracy. The death of democracy line stood out to me, Jonathan, because I think that's just factually correct. The country is at risk as long as one of our two major parties is so committed to destroying our democracy. Are you gonna stand by and watch this man destroy the democracy? They are trying to destroy democracy. A systematic effort to dismantle democracy, not just voter suppression, but subversion. This is 
democracy at stake. We are at a defining moment in our democracy. And if we don't have voting rights, I don't know that we have a democracy. We don't like who you voted for, so we're just going to give it to the other guy. This is the end of democracy in America. January 6th is what it was, was a potential end of our democracy. Donald Trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. Stand out from the status quo. Let them know you're a patriot with the Patriot Pin. We feature an entire line of 14 karat gold-plated pins, starting at 445. Challenge coins, only 1745 each. And decals, only $6.45 each. Order now and get a free gift at thepatriotpin.com. We have an army of digital soldiers. What we are now, what, what we call, I call them, because this was an insurgency, folks. This was run like an insurgency. This was irregular warfare at its finest in politics. And that, that story will, will continue to be told here, but we have what we call citizen journalists. Okay? Because, the, because the, the journalists that we have in our media did a disservice to themselves, actually more than they did to this country. They did a disservice to themselves because they displayed an arrogance that is unprecedented. And so the American people decided to take over the idea of information. They took over the idea of information and they did it through social media. I denounce white supremacy. Okay. And frankly, you want to know something? I denounce Antifa and I denounce these people on the left that are burning down our cities that are run by Democrats who don't right, know what they're doing. While we're denouncing, let me ask you about QAnon. It is this theory that uh, Democrats are a satanic pedophile ring and that you are the savior of that. Now, can you just once and for all state that that is completely not true so and disavow QAnon yeah. in its entirety? I know nothing about QAnon. I just told I you. I know very little. You told me, but what you tell me doesn't necessarily make it fact. I hate to say that. I know nothing about it. I do know they are very much against uh, pedophilia. They fight it very hard, but I know nothing they about it. They believe it, it is if a satanic like call run by the deep state. The subject, I'll tell you what I do know about. I know about Antifa, and I know about the radical left, and I know how violent they are and how vicious they are, and I know how they're burning down cities run by Democrats, not run Republican by Republicans. Republican Senator Ben Sass said, quote, QAnon is nuts, and real leaders call conspiracy theories conspiracy theories. He may be Why right. not just say it's crazy and not true? He may be right. I just don't know about QAnon. You do know. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. You Let me ask me you another thing. It. Let's waste a whole show. Uh, you start off with white supremacy, I denounce it. You start off with something else, 
let's go. Keep asking me these questions. Okay. I but, do have but one let, more. Let me, just, let me just tell you what I do hear about it is they are very strongly against pedophilia. And I agree with that. I mean, I do agree okay. with that. And I agree but with that. But there's not a strongly. satanic uh, pedophile. I have no idea. I know you don't know about that? that? Okay. No, I don't know. You that. just and neither, this and neither week. do you know that. All along, this has been a war for the control of the narrative. Trump implemented devolution using irregular warfare, and irregular warfare is exactly what we have been seeing unfold since the day the election was stolen. And I promise you, I'm going to keep fighting for you. Are you prepared to fight with me? Ever since Joe Biden was inaugurated, his legitimacy has been eroding. Many Americans already knew the 2020 election was stolen, but this war for the narrative is to expose these crimes to Americans who believe Trump is the one staging the coup. But I would say to all of you, no matter what the coming days, no matter what the coming days and weeks hold, I want you to be encouraged. Remember that it's always darkest just before the dawn. Everywhere I go across this country, I'm I'm more convinced than ever that the American people have awakened in ways I've never seen in my lifetime. We've had an opportunity to, to see without a filter the agenda of the American left writ large, put into practice. And we've seen a week in America at home and abroad, and we know it's not what we want. The vast majority of Americans know our nation is on the wrong track. But I have every confidence that unless this administration changes course and their allies in Congress change course dramatically, the American people are going to change leadership and change leadership very soon. None of this would be possible without collusion in the mainstream media which is why Trump always called them the enemy of the people. Establishment media has been controlling the narrative and subverting the American government for quite some time. Since January 20th, 2021, the mainstream media has been losing control of their grip on the narrative, piece by piece. Here are just a few of the narratives that have changed with the emergence of new evidence since Joe Biden was inaugurated. Trump's Russian collusion, Spygate, and the Durham investigation. This was a, an attempted coup. This was an attempted takedown of a president. And we beat them. We beat them. Trump's impeachments one and two. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Everything surrounding COVID-19. The president claiming Democrats are politicizing coronavirus and calling it, quote, their new hoax. The Biden family corruption and Hunter Biden's laptop. I was very disturbed during the debate when when uh, candidate Biden lied to the American people about the laptop. He squarely confronted with the laptop and he suggested that it was Russian disinformation and pointed to the letter written by some intelligence people that was baseless, uh, which he knew was was a lie. And uh, I was I was shocked by that. And fortunately, the DNI came out and said, no, it's 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 not disinformation. The FBI said the same thing. Media ignored it. Um, So when you're talking about interference in an election, I, I can't think of anything more. The 2020 election being the most secure election in American history. The big lie being told by the former president and many Republicans who fear his wrath 
is that the insurrection in this country actually took place on election day, November 3rd. Everything surrounding January 6th. The mission of that partisan witch hunt kangaroo committee, which is unduly authorized and not properly constituted and has no subpoena power, they have only one mission to concoct a fake hoax around January 6th. And seemingly every aspect of Joe Biden's presidency. New warning signs for Democrats ahead of the November midterms. The Associated Press examines voter registration data of nearly 1.7 million voters in 42 states who switched parties over the past year. Each one of these narratives, and many not included, have been dismantled in a coordinated and precise assault. Dinesh D'Souza's documentary, 2000 Mules, is part of that assault. It has undeniably eroded one of the most important narratives that America's enemies would like to hold on to that the 2020 election was the most secure in American history. The first step to beating this virus is beating Donald Trump. One month after the issuance of the Irregular Warfare Annex, the election was stolen from Donald Trump, and by all appearances, that kicked off a coordinated series of moves wherein Donald Trump's continuity of government plan was initiated. On December 7, 2020, Donald Trump issued Executive Order 13961 along with the strategy to implement the executive order. This executive order and strategy have come to be known as the most significant proof of devolution we have. Within the introduction to the strategy, Donald Trump himself tells us exactly what is to come. Quote, Our adversaries will not attempt to fight us on our terms and are adept at competing below the threshold of armed conflict. This strategy accelerates our collective efforts to fully implement national continuity policy and make risk-informed decisions to maintain a comprehensive and effective capability that ensures the continuous performance of essential functions and services to preserve our constitutional form of government under any and all conditions. Despite our best efforts, the government cannot prevent all dangers. We recognize and must prepare for possibility of unforeseen events, including natural disasters, pandemics, cyber threats, and kinetic or electromagnetic pulse attacks. We must be prepared as a nation, as a federal government, and as individual citizens to preserve, protect, and defend our way of life. The follow-on Federal Mission Resilience Implementation Plan will ensure that our nation's efforts and resources will be brought to bear in a coordinated manner through integrated continuity of operations and continuity of government programs interwoven into routine, day-to-day -day government operations. Working together, we will prioritize the security, prosperity, and interests of the American people to confront the challenges of tomorrow. The strategy uses eerily similar language to the Irregular Warfare Annex. Trump was telling us that we would be entering into a continuity of government plan because we are currently engaged in irregular warfare. We're at war. In a true sense, we're at war. And we're fighting an invisible enemy. Think of that. A war affecting the legitimacy of our government. This war over the narrative and control of America has been raging for some time. Trump and his team have been preparing their counteroffensive for years. It was officially put into motion when the election was stolen. Now it was the White Hat's turn to affect the legitimacy of those attempting to destroy our country and even our world. By walking away from the stolen election, Donald Trump appeared more than weak. He appeared to be defeated. In reality, that was the narrative he sought to create. That narrative was the beginning of the irregular warfare campaign 
to take back our country. What truly matters is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. January 20th, 2017 will be remembered as the day the people became the rulers of this nation again. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. The oath of office I take today is an oath of allegiance to all Americans. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. And your courage and goodness and love will forever guide us along the way. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and dedicated and long endured can live through such a struggle. We stand at the birth of a little millennium, ready to unlock the mysteries of space, to free the Earth from the miseries of disease, and to harness the energies, industries, and technologies of tomorrow. A new national pride will stir ourselves, lift our sights, and heal our divisions. So to all Americans, in every city near and far, small and large, from mountain to mountain, from ocean to ocean, hear these words. You will never be ignored again. All I can say is uh, keep your chin up, everybody. Something good will eventually happen. And when it does, we'll make America great again. It'll be great. It'll be great again. Hi, I'm My Patriot Supply. Preparedness is my thing. Our most popular kit sold out in just three days. Well, that's great, but you're a preparedness company. A marketing company. A preparedness company? Shouldn't you have been a little better prepared? <laughs> one day, my friend. One day. One day what? Soon you'll learn that one of the best tactics in marketing is scarcity. There's no better sales trick. But you're a preparedness Marketing. Company. Okay, a marketing company in a preparedness business who openly advertises how many times you haven't been prepared. It's the very definition of irony. When you're as popular as we are, you sell out. Don't worry, one day you'll sell out too. No, we won't, because we're a real preparedness company and we take nothing more serious than having things in stock. We're reliable, and that's why My Patriot Supply is the industry leader in emergency preparedness. <sighs> True genius is never recognized in its time. Well, everybody, there it is, The Vault 5. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, Sean will be back next week, so we'll get back to the, the normal scheduled programming. But um, yeah, share, share this episode around with your friends. The Vault 5, like I said, it's a, it's a, such a great episode. He did such a good job, Adam did, with, with putting this one together. And, and this is really, um, th this, this series is so good for people that don't want to sit down and read all the, the Devolution Series articles. Uh, you know, maybe they're more visual learners, but 
it's it's still very compelling and it's a great intro to the series so you can find the entire series uh, i think we've we've played every episode here on uh, on american media periscope we can also find it on on dauntless dialogues rumble channel uh, so make sure you go to rumble rumble search for dauntless dialogue and, and you'll find devolved one through five there thank you everybody we'll we'll see you soon